The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. We thank them for their sponsorship all year long. I am Scott Jenstead. Joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Well, for at least two more Sunday nights. we got two more weeks left of the season. Uh, Jeff, we are officially at the very, very, very end. How is everything with you? Well, hey, my Reds have lost eight consecutive series. So how oh, do you think I am? Really eight series in a row? Yeah, including some Jeez. against stellar teams like the Pirates. The Cubs twice and the Marlins in that stretch. The Cardinals of all teams are the team that's going to win this uh, win the second wild card spot. They won eight in a row. Will never lose again. Uh, so yeah, I'm loving life. Other than that, but no, it, it, I'm good. Otherwise, it's my daughter's birthday. It was a good day. At, you know, nice. in life, just wasn't a good day in baseball. Yeah, it's weird. Like the A's won today, and I felt like it was a loss because like they just blew it so badly. And I just so disgusted they keep throwing Sergio Roma out there in big spots. Like. It's just so frustrating, and you know, yeah. fantasy wise, I have Frankie Montas. He throws a one hitter. He's at eighty six pitches, and for some reason, Bob Melvin takes him out of the game, knowing that your bullpen's terrible. And Chafin just pitched the night before, who's been your best reliever. Like, I have no idea. And then I read a story about the game, and no one asked him why. Everybody's like talking about how well Montas pitched, how gutsy the team is to win the game late by one run, and how good they are one run games. I'm like, did no one ask the question why did he come out? Was he tired? Does he say he was tired? Did he say he was hurt? Like, it's just. I, don't know. I read two stories and I gave up because I just nobody asked the question. It was it was bonkers to me. Yeah, it it's frustrating. And then you you see all these reports like, oh, he's going to get hired away. What sort of compensation can the A's get for him and all yeah. that? And and he's a good manager. I do. That's I love I love Melvin. I think he's a good dude, a good manager. But uh, if there's anything I could critique, and you know, everybody's got some something that they don't do as well. It's uh, it's definitely bullpen management, which he's had some issues for in the past. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, not you know, that it, not that it's easy with the group he has. I fully get that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I I, I I I really think that he's actually one of the better managers in terms of managing the people. It's yeah. just the tactics get ma- magnified this time of year. They do, uh, they do, and you see it in all sports like that. You know, yeah. you, you football, you see it all the time. You see all, you know, decisions, whether to kick or punt or, what you know, things of that nature all the time that get highlighted. Uh, you don't see the management of people. You don't see that as often. And that's just as important, I think. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that, that's fair. So uh, before we do get into, into week 26, I think it is now, 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you do kind of when the season's ending baseball wise. I know that obviously you, uh, you, uh, you know, run Rotowire, you got football, you got basketball, you got golf, you all kinds of stuff going on. When do you start thinking about uh, baseball for 2022? I know 2022 might be a little bit up in the air, but what's your usual, like, when are you starting to think about, uh, you know, prepping for next season, doing projections, that sort of thing? So I start talking about it now. I start talking about this month, you know, in fact, Doing more podcasts in September helped me start the whole process. Get me, right. and I get excited about that. Yeah, you know, it's almost to the detriment of finishing out for the last couple of weeks of the season. Sometimes <laughs> right. maybe it's just because I want to just wash my hands. Sometimes it's a palate cleanser. Uh, but now, uh, but then I will take some time off from it. You know, I I won't be doing too many October podcasts uh, yeah. or November podcasts for that matter. Uh, I, but I, I will be doing projections starting October. I've got the, you know, typically XFL drafts in, in October. So I have to think about that right away. Yeah, you know, that's, so, that's quick. Yeah. And if it, even if it does, it, this year it looks like it might be December instead. Well, we'll see because uh, not everyone is going to first pitch Arizona this year. Right. But, you know, I'm going to first pitch Arizona and I'll be on a panel there. And that that's great. Trains my focus really quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, get that. That's one thing that's really fun about that. But, uh, yeah, and then you know, I, I hope to be done with the first wave of projections by end of November, maybe even, and then the next wave early December, and then you know, and in January and February, you're constantly adding and tweaking. You know, I do, you know, you know, okay, missed on this player, better add him. Right. You know, I do some drafts and I do some reality checks. Uh, I'll tell you that the, the best thing that you can do to test your own set of rankings and projections is to do a draft and see there and see that guy that's hanging at the top of the queue. Yep. hanging around. Oh, I don't want to draft him yet. I don't want to take him yet. Okay. Well, I better change that projection. Yeah, uh, and also and, heads the helps of those head to head, like close calls too. When you're actually pushed to make a decision on, you know, two pitchers that you have really close. I think you get a pretty good feel of who you like better when you, in the moment you have to make a call. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, any changes to your prep? You know, as you've kind of, we talked about lessons learned from us. I mean, anything you think you're going to do different, anything you think that you need to improve upon, how are you going to change your prep to be better in 2022? I'm going to try to try is the emphasis uh, is the emphasis. Try not to uh, be too swayed by recency bias. Okay. I, I, I think I look way too much at the most recent year and not at the overall skill sometimes. Yeah. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good point. This year was tough with that too, with the 60 game season. Like there was, it was a tough, uh, a tough year to do, uh, to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you get into November, that's really early. I usually don't till about February. I think I might try and, um, lengthen that a little bit, maybe cram less in March and do a little bit more in January. This year, I just got super busy and I have to protect against the fact that that could happen again. Like I could get super busy with life and work and stuff. I need to kind of be yeah. a little more prepared. And I usually wait, wait till a couple things come out and that kind of thing. But with the, with the, uh, the amount of stuff that's online and, you know, between fan graphs and baseball savant and rotowire, like there's no reason you can't do stuff whenever it's not like it, uh, not like you have to wait for magazines to come out or articles to come out or anything like that. It's, it's all pretty much there. Yeah, that's true. It is. It's just, it's just really, yeah. And I, I think I probably need to be a little bit more systematic. I probably need to like start thinking, okay, uh, now I'm going to look at saves today. I'm going to look at, you know, this week, yeah. I'm going to look at that. I already think I want to try to do something, uh, start maybe in January where I do like a shorter daily pod team by team by team. I want to get a different person for that, for each yeah. team. Uh, I just, I just need to do it. Uh, but I want, you know, football needs to be done before I do that. That's the I other hear. thing. 
Thanks, and, to, thanks to our friend Mark Winokur, who said the only thing to miss about this season is this podcast. So I do appreciate that. Sounds like he's had a rough season. Feels like he's had a lot of a lot of rough seasons out there for people. But uh, yeah, I think I may uh, I may start a little bit earlier, but maybe not like quite as intense with the thought that you know maybe in the last like three weeks of March before draft, I don't have to be you know driving myself crazy, staying up till two in the morning, you know doing uh, doing rankings and stuff. So that's uh, it might be a, it might be a good idea. I don't want to do too much early because I do tend to get burnout if I do that. And I play basketball mm-hmm. too, so there's like there's only so much I could do, but. But uh, I think that I, uh, I, I definitely uh, did not come in as prepared as, as needed to the draft this year. And I think it's affected me. Yeah. Well, and you missed on your trip to Vegas. You missed yeah. the live draft. And yeah. honestly, that drive, talking with you yeah. and Vlad and Shu, uh, it helps me focus a lot. And then just, you know, while we're there, we're, you know, even when we're golfing there, we're still talking about players. We're yeah. talking about what happens with this. I yeah. still remember a couple of years ago, okay, here – we really nailed when the closer run was going to happen and how, how we'd react to it. I might not have nailed other things, but at least I nailed that. You say that though. And like you and I, I think pretty much decided we were drafting Frankie Montas two years ago because we talked it through either on that driver at breakfast. And before he got suspended with PEDs, like he was one of the bigger draft bargains. And you know, yep. both, it was funny. We looked at each other's draft. We both got in the exact same round. We kind of just figured like, it's a spot where we're going to draft, draft him and take him two, three rounds early, but it's going to work. And, you know, talking stuff through and kind of figuring out where you are on people, it does help me a lot because I tend to, if I just do it myself, I get a certain amount of way, but hearing other people talk and kind of talking stuff through is, is really important and fun. Yeah, yeah but you know, there, there's sometimes where you're going to cite something that I, I hadn't seen. I was like, okay, it changed my way. There are other times, though, it confirms my interest in a player. And if you're on the guy and I'm on the guy and Vlad's on the guy and yeah. Shoe's on the guy all independently and we're all coming together and we're all like, okay, well, Okay, this A, that means also other people are on that guy. We better boost him up too. But B, it's it, it confirms my uh interest a lot. I think I think the golfing adventure is gonna be a little grown this year. It sounds like there's probably 10 or 12 people that want to play this year. So I think that'll yeah. be fun. That'd be fun. It will be. I know, I know Matt Modica, who has been playing like every day and referring to himself as young Rory wants to get out there with us. I'm looking forward to uh maybe uh, maybe put a couple bucks on the uh, on the match with Matt. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. Uh, we'll have our own little Ryder Cup. Can't wait for the Ryder Cup this week, yeah, too, by the way. No doubt there. Um, so let's jump into week 26. It's a crazy week of baseball. There are 13 teams that have a full seven-game slate. There's uh, two teams that have eight games, with we obviously six plus a doubleheader. That's uh, the White Sox and the Cardinals. And the Indian. I think they're still the Indians. The Cleveland baseball team has nine games with two doubleheaders. So what is that, five full games and four seven inning games so that's uh it's a lot of innings right there um so that's a big schedule there we have a team that has uh five games in a d and a doubleheader in the, in the royals and then we have two teams that have five games total boston and new york the new york mets they're they're, they're really a disadvantage this week there's so many teams a lot of games um boston and mets are really rough this week uh the rockies are home all week too facing the giants and the dodgers six at home in course field so uh we could have a lot of uh, a lot of action this week, Jeff. A lot of runs. I think we're gonna have a lot of uh, big RBI and run numbers as you get so many games kind of mat- adding up. We got a lot of guys throwing twice this week. It's gonna be it's kind of the last moving week too. I think the last week of the season, uh, there's not a lot of movement. Sometimes there is, but like so many pitchers don't pitch that last weekend. It's hard to really it, of all the weeks you definitely have way less at bats uh, for your whole team that week too. So it's harder. It's a harder yeah. week to really make a move. If you're gonna make a move, uh, a final kind of push. I think it's got to be this week. Yeah, well, you're already talking how it's already been bad this last two weeks. I saw a tweet of yours oh, earlier in the week saying that you lost a couple starts, guys yeah, going had, on the IL or guys getting their starts canceled. I had 14 strikeouts as of Friday because I had t- I think I had oh. 12. I think I had 12 innings pitched as of Friday. 
Oh my goodness. I Jake Yikes. McGee Jake Jake McGee didn't pitch. He went and then he went in the IL. Uh Brady Singer was gonna pitch and then had went on the COVID IL. And I had at that point I had Ryan Presley, who didn't pitch the first five games of the week or four games of the week. I looked at I looked and I was like, I had I had made two starts. It was like one of them was four innings, and one of them was Frankie Montas doing three innings earlier in the week. He made up for it today, but like it just weirdly worked out that way. We're like, I just got killed in strikeouts because I had no nobody out there pitch. Yeah, and yeah, I've I, you know had that. I can't buy a win. You know, you yeah. Darvish pitched great yesterday, and the Padres bullpen blew it. You know, finally got the you know good Darvish again. Yep. Uh, with a little help from the home plate umpire. Uh, but hey, you know, if they want to give some help, I'm willing to take it. Yeah, and both sides got some help. I mean, let's face yeah. it, Tingler got ejected from that game for a strike call. Uh, his Tatis lost his mind uh, after getting uh, rung up, but unfortunately, uh, didn't get himself tossed in part thanks to Manny Machado. But uh, yeah, it was, it's just things are going great, great for everyone here. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny. You talk about the Padres. Like, the Cardinals have got so hot. The Padres are three and a half out of that second spot. They're tied with the Phillies, a half game behind your Reds. Um, it's uh, it's wild how fast that swung between them and, and, and the Blue Jays. Like, we're way back six weeks ago, and now we're both, uh, both in a playoff spot. Yep, that's right. Um, well, it just it's the, the Reds and the Padres just abdicated, though. I mean, it's not yeah. – I mean, the Cardinals got hot, and they had to take it, but – it was presented for them to take, and they yeah. did take I mean, it. The Padres are two and two and eight in their last ten. I mean, they just they just get killed right now. Yeah, and they 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 it was see you know you saw it a long time ago. They had an easy stretch. They didn't yeah. take advantage of the easy stretch. They struggled against Arizona and Colorado. Uh, the Reds, well, like I said, we've we've already we've covered that ground. But yeah. you know the, the Phillies, the Phillies and the Reds were, had the two easiest schedules after the trade deadline, and they haven't done enough with it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's been interesting. What um. Who pitches a one-game playoff for the Cardinals against the Dodgers? Do they throw Jack Flaherty out there and hope he can give him five innings because he's about to come back? What? Uh, I assume that you got to just swing for the fence with that, right? Man, I guess. I don't know. I mean, unless you unless you you trust Wainwright, and you want to throw him out there. I mean, he's he's earned. Yeah, I trade. I I I'd go Wainwright at this okay. point. I mean, he's certainly he's certainly earned it. He's been awesome all year. Um, it's hard to take that away from him. I, I think that we can agree that Flaherty has a has a more chance of like throwing seven, you know, one earned run innings or something like that. But um, I think I mean, Wainwright's probably earned the right to go make that start. When's Wainwright throwing a good playoff start? Anyhow, oh yeah. wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. Ask Carlos Beltran. Um, that was but, a close. He was a closer he, back then. Yeah, though. he finished. He finished the game. Then that was a that was a great game. It's too bad that yeah. the, the way it worked out, and nobody remembers Andy Chavez's catch because they lost. But uh, unbelievably good game. But or the incredible playoffs that Beltron had uh, leading it. He had a couple yeah. though. I mean, he, that dude was yeah. a stud in the playoffs. But um, and going back to this week, we got some teams in a nice schedule. You mentioned the Phillies; they have a really good schedule. They have three against Baltimore and four against Pittsburgh. A really nice setup there for them. Uh, your Reds have a really good schedule for hitters this week: three against Pittsburgh, four against Washington. Obviously, the Washington pitching staff is not what it was at the start of the year. Uh, the Rangers are kind of nice too. If you're looking to pick up some bats, these are good teams to kind of get fringe bats from. The Rangers have three in Yankee Stadium; they get four against the Orioles, also. So, really good schedule there. Yeah. Um, just a note on AL teams going to NL parks. The Red Sox do go to Washington Friday through Sunday. Um, Got to think JD Martinez probably sits one of those games. I, w- I would think at least maybe two in the outfield, one of those games. But you're probably going to lose a couple at bats from from uh, from JD over the weekend. Yeah, probably so. Good thing about the Reds in that four game series against uh, Washington is they cannot lose two out of three. It is impossible to lose two out of three if they play all again, four games. So again, I was uh-huh. going to say rainouts are going to be the the end of you there, but. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I'm looking at uh looking at who they face there. They face um Corbin, Espino, Corbin, Fetty, and Rogers, right? Yes, that is what I see too. That's Josh Rogers. Uh, there's a lot of Rogers in the league. Um, Espino pitched really well today. He uh, he had a pretty good week for those who grabbed him for the cheap two step. It was nice. But um, at Cincy, Patrick Corbin, you got to figure that's going to be some runs for the Reds right there. Could be. Wow, six yeah. eleven ERA. Six eleven. That's crazy. He had a stretch of like three or four really good starts in the middle. Everybody picked him back up, and it's been it's been yep. rough since then. And um, Fetty's actually been decent. We're going to talk about him and Fab in a second. But uh, he, if the Reds can't score some runs this week, then uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Who this, the, the Cardinals play um, four at Milwaukee and then four against the Cubs. It's a huge week. If the Cardinals uh, the Cardinals can go five and three this week, I think it's over. But uh, there's a chance they go three and five. That's a, it's a tough little stretch there. Yeah. Uh, I know he's on the list, and we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I did pick up John Lester for his two step this week. I, Last I was, time I picked I up John Lester for two step. You if, you went, if you went back into the back into the waters or not, dude, I just need wins. Period. Yeah. I, I I can't be discriminatory at this point in time. He he's pitching well for the Cardinals because Cardinals devil magic, and the Cardinals obviously are playing well. I mean, the Brewers are on cruise control right now. The only problem is it is against Woodruff. That, that's the thing I don't like about that. Yeah. Uh, the other other starts against Alec Alec Mills. Uh, so let's let's get into Fab. That's what we're here to uh, talk about. But first, before we get there, a note from our sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, it's making the right decision. Listen up, I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays. Over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. If you want to break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino. Take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding it all the time. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Jeff, let's start with John Lester. Then you mentioned uh, you mentioned him. He's at Milwaukee, at Chicago. Uh, you mentioned his Woodruff and Alec Mills, uh, four six seven ERA in the year, one hundred twenty five innings, uh, brutal strikeout rate. So you're going for wins here, not strikeouts. Got fourteen percent K rate. Um, you know, obviously with two starts, it helps a little bit. But last five starts, two earned runs, two earned runs, one earned run, one earned run, one earned run. Uh, does he feel like he's pitching well to you, or just due for eight earned runs at some point? I don't know which one it is. Well, I picked him up, so it's probably. Probably the latter, but I, I, I'm hoping it's the former. And you pick him up in a main event or a 12 team? Main, the main event, the one, the one main event team that's got a chance to cash. Yeah, I got, just... I got outbid on him in the one main event, but that team's not very good. The one, uh, the one I really could have used him in. I, I just need any arms. The one that I mentioned had had 14 innings. Uh, he was actually taken already, so that was a, that was a bummer. I wanted to bid on him. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. It's it's a little bit disparate now on who's available in each league. Yeah. Because you got teams that you, there's some teams that just shut it down, and you know if they have someone on their their the roster that's fringy, just not dropping them because they're not making moves, and you just it, it really depends what team the guy's on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it it really does matter about that, and you know it's it, it it's really is okay. I'm trying to find strikeouts. I'm trying to catch the wins. In this league, yeah. it's all about wins, and I hate chasing wins. It's not fun at all. It's not especially fun. in the stretch run. Yeah, especially when you mentioned the Darvish start, the, the Montas start today is like, uh, it's just so frustrating. Like, yeah. I was glad the A's won, but that was so frustrating. Have him throw one hitter and just, oh, it was so bad. But uh, the big name getting called up is actually not available in NFBC leagues, but obviously we talk about a lot of other leagues and the available is Shane Baz in, in Tampa. Uh, huge prospect. He came over in the Chris Archer trade, another another windfall from that deal. Um, 2.48 ERA in AA this year, 1.76 ERA in AAA this year. 36% strikeout rate in 46 innings in AAA, 6% walk rate. He had a 299 ERA in 81 innings in A ball in 2019. Um, if Baz is available in your league, I mean, he's clear and far away. The the the, that, the, the real and big upside that could, that could do really well this week. I don't know how deep he's going to go, and it's the Rays, but like in terms of in terms of the best arm available, it's got to be him at the top. Yeah, it, for sure. And it's just amazing that the Rays are where they are. You look at the rotation. And they wait until now to call it Baz. I mean, it's like, uh, although I, I put claims in on Drew Mas- Rasmussen in places, I'm still finding him available in places, which just blows my mind that he was even available in some places and that I didn't notice it until now. Um, both both of these things, it, it kind of blow me away a little bit there. Uh, I still, I, I just wonder how their, their playoff rotation is going to set up. I have no idea. No idea either. It's an interesting point. Like they've thrown so many different guys out there and they keep throwing Ryan Yarbrough out there and he's had a horrible year, especially lately. He's been really bad. Waka's terrible. I mean, yeah, Waka will throw like a gem and then like three straight terrible outings. Like there's just nothing consistent there. But I was looking at Baz's game logs and like everybody's like he's going to go short. But I mean, the last three games he's he threw, he threw five innings on August 28th. He threw five on September 3rd and then six innings on, on September 11th. He had 10 strikeouts in that game. Um, he feels like to me like he's stretched out to go five or six if they want to do it. Yeah, it could be. Could could very well be. Uh, 
yeah, it's just you know the Ray, the Rays are going to be very strict about third time through the order, things sure. like that. Yeah, and if, he, uh, if the pitch counts up a little bit, he could throw three and a third or four innings. But um, if you're looking for someone that can go out there and strike out eight and get through five and get you a win on a really good team, I mean, I think that he, he's far and away the best guy. I mean, the only guys I see as sure things for the playoffs are McClanahan and Rasmussen. I'm not even sure Patino is, sta- is, is, is a playoff isn't starter. Isn't that crazy that what you thought about three months ago, we wouldn't even – I mean, McClanahan was already up, but Rasmussen um, – yeah. I don't know. I don't know about Patino either. I mean, is he had, he pitched. He's his his game log is really ugly. If you look, I think he's got yeah. It's all over the place. Five earned runs or more, and like what? Uh, he got he got four, two, four, one, two. I guess it hasn't been quite as bad as I thought, but um, you know, he goes. He, he's gone over five innings twice in his last four starts. It's. I guess they're going to probably throw a lot of piggyback bullpen games out there. I suppose. I mean, uh, Dietrich ends this week, pitched four innings, and got a win, and pitched well, but. Yep. You're right. I don't. I don't know what they do in a playoff spot, a playoff rotation. That's weird to say for a team that's so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just they have so many relievers on the IL. It, it, it's yep. it's amazing to me. You know, Colin McHugh has been awesome. Yep. They, they they've they've gotten a lot of good good work out of him. But we're talking a couple innings at a time. Uh, you know, you look at. Uh, I mean, David Robertson is now up with a big club. Remember him? Uh, he pitched the Olympics, right? Yeah, I, I think he did. I don't know. I think he did. Um, uh, you know, it's just they got. You know, remember Adam Conley? We looked at him as a closer for like twelve seconds at one yep. point in time. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they will. They'll find a way. They got Nicky Anderson back now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine you see you're going to see a lot of McHugh for two innings in 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 key spots in games where they're you know up one down one need to kind of throw a couple innings in there. He's going to be he's going to be an important part of their of their plans. I think. Yeah. Andrew Kittredge has had a season. He has. He's yeah. been very good. I, it's going to be fascinating to see how they piece it together because obviously playoffs are different, but you know, it obviously worked for them last year. They made it to the World Series. But yeah. uh, You mentioned uh, Eric Fetty earlier when we were talking about who the Reds are facing. Uh, he has two starts this week at Miami at Cincy. Uh, the numbers overall are not good. 5 one six ERA in 122 innings. Uh, strike ERA is kind of middling, 22%. Not horrible, but not great. 8% walk rate. Uh, hard hit rate's a little high at 40%. Uh, pitched really well this week, though. He had five uh, innings, eight strikeouts, and earned run against Miami. Um, swing strike rate's up a little bit, but still under 9%. He's kind of just a guy, but at Miami, I like that start. But I don't really like him going to uh, going to the small park in Cincinnati. That's gonna be, That could be a tough second one. Yeah, but the Reds aren't hitting. I mean, yeah. Wicker's out again. He was back uh, for one game. He came one, back too quickly. Game. That was, that was well, they. I mean, he jumped in a car and said, I don't need any more at-bats. I need to go help this team after the Thursday game. And there was no direct flight from Memphis, so they drove straight. And the guy that drove him back then resigned from the organization along with uh, – you know, it's been just a hell of a week for the Reds. Uh, along with uh, the driveline guy, Kyle Body, resigned from the Reds. And there's differences in a, a, a principle – uh, quietly, other people behind the scenes have, you know, have left this team. So I don't know what's going on with this organization now. You guys are, you got, got a lot of drama going on there. It's like a, it's like a high school or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they were going to cut them anyhow. Maybe they're going to emulate RAs and just fire a bunch of people. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't really talk about other organizations when mine just fires people during COVID. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Alex Cobb came back this week, uh, pitched uh, pitched well, pitched against the White Sox in, in Chicago. It was a good start. Five innings, two hits, two walks, no earned runs, five strikeouts. ERA's three six overall this year in 82 innings. So he's had a really good year. Uh, K rates up to 26 percent, walk rates eight percent. He's pitched really well. I was really interested, and then I scrolled over and saw that he gets a one step against Houston this week, and I was like, oh, that just kind of kind of took the air out of that one. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll do that. And you just know that that bullpen's not going to support him either. Uh, no, I mean, aside from Iglesias, there's not much going on there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, I don't, with two starts left and one of them's against Houston, if I'm going to do it, I'll, I'll look at him next week if he's still there. But um, I just can't throw him for one start against the Astros. Right. Next week at Texas, that could yeah, be all right. Definitely playable right there. So if you could like, if you just have a spot and you want to, you want to throw them on there, that's fine too. But I just, I just needed the spot. Um, did you do anything with Matt Manning this week? He has, uh, he has two starts a week. Uh, White Sox, the first one, a little scary, but then he does get Kansas City. Uh, he's been brutal. The ERA is five seven five. He has a fourteen percent strikeout rate, but it's weird. You look at his minor league stuff. He had a twenty eight percent strikeout rate in twenty nineteen in Double A, and he's been pretty good in three of his last four starts. He had, uh, he got smoked by the A's in one of them. Uh, one of them, he went three and gave one run. The other two are over five innings, gave one run. Uh, he was starting against Milwaukee this week, six innings, one run, six strikeouts. So I don't know if you squint a little bit, you need some strikeouts. Uh, you know, Detroit, you're probably to get some wins. They have been going short with some starters. So I don't know if you're going to go a full five or six innings, but uh, he felt to me like at least maybe you get some, uh, a few numbers out of it, maybe sneak a win out of, but it's, it's scary. I couldn't do it. Just yeah. too much disaster lurking around the corner. Two of his last three starts are against the White Sox. Eh, I mean, the White Sox might be benching everybody that final weekend. They've, they've been doing it all month. They have you know, been. follow I mean, you can, you if you follow tell. White Sox Twitter, they're they're kind of like angry because they, they they've been treating it like spring training games this entire month because they can. I mean, if it works, I think that you guys need a rest. I I don't I don't blame them for doing it. You just worry about maybe guys getting out of their routine. But I don't think they're gonna be sitting them that much. But you're right. They've been Tim Anderson with his uh, his sore legs. You know, sat a bunch and then won the IL. And now they even said they're they're gonna play him two out of three games the rest of the way. So yep. Uh, maybe you get lucky and you get the day where uh, you know him and Eloy sit or something like that. But I agree with you. I think that I grabbed Manning in some spots where like wins is the only thing that matters, and you hope to get lucky to get through five innings. But you know, you're going for Detroit. You're hoping they score early. You're hoping. You know, Jay Mercandolari hits a three on a bomb or something. You get a lead, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's tough fishing for wins in the in the Tigers' pool. It really is. Um, Tyler Anderson pitches twice this week. Also, he's at the A's and at the Angels, so you know a workable uh, two step there, both in uh, locales against and teams he's facing. Four point one four ERA in one hundred fifty two innings. He's been pretty serviceable, pretty uh, pretty decent this year. Ninety um, percent strikeout rate. Not going to get a lot of strikeouts out of him, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys. Didn't make it past five innings his last two starts. I don't know if Seattle's trying to limit him a little bit or they're just kind of going a quick hook. Um, that worried me a little bit. I kind of pulled back off that based on his last couple outings being really short. It was against Houston and Boston. So yeah. maybe not. In fact, he had, the, I, I, if I recall correctly, he had the longest streak in baseball of five innings plus. Oh, uh, prior, it's not, prior sounds about that. right because he's been, he's been really consistent, just kind of giving you five innings every start. Yeah, and every other start this year has been at least five innings. Uh, some that's, may not that's, have earned. That's pretty impressive, though. Including that thrashing against the Braves, where it was like throwing the damn, stop the damn fight already, sort of uh, start against the Braves, if you remember right. that one. They just left him in and left him in. You're like, oh, come on, leave it, get him out of there. Uh, yeah, prior to this, these last two starts, the last time he hadn't gone uh, at least five innings in an outing was against Seattle in September last year. Wow. Uh, so there you go. Um, oh, that, that brave start, nine earned runs, 10 hits. Ooh, I think I probably had that one in too. I have him on one of my teams. I so definitely sure. had him in one of my one or two teams. I'm sure. I'm sure I ate those nine earned runs. I, I remember feeling that one pretty good. Yeah. He, uh, I, I had him and I had, who's the other pirate that was left? I had a couple of, I, he's not in there anymore. Um, how quickly I forget. Will Crow? No, no. He was good. Someone was good Chad, early in this year. Chad, Chad Cool? No. Um, oh, I thought I had it right there. 
I know. I know. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. I don't even know who I had on my own team. Uh, did they send him down? Brubaker. JT Brubaker. Uh, that was yeah. it. He was really good early, and then he he ate a bunch in a row. It got really rough yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I I had him, and I didn't eat all those, but you know, I I, I had my share of those too. The odds were about four hundred to one that Chad Cool will come up on the podcast tonight. By the way, that's a that's a big win for anybody that bet that prop. Yeah, good. Congratulations. Um, any other starters you remotely looked at? I mean, I was digging digging the depth here to come up with guys to talk about and to pick up this week. Was there anybody else? I mean, Corey Kluber's available in some leagues. I think he was an easy bid based on how well he pitched this week. So I was, uh, I was definitely going after him there. Was there anybody else that you were, uh, you were look, really looking at this week? Merrill Kelly has a two step this week, and he was available in one of my fifteens. Uh, Aaron Ashby is a name that he's not always a starter, but he's picking up a decent number of innings and he's pitching really well. James and Clay are really high on him. Uh, if you recall, Ashby had that horrendous debut against the Cubs where they actually came back. The Brewers actually came back and won the game since then. He's been nothing but great. And of course it's the Brewers and they know how to develop. And he actually had a, he had a save last week. I think too, they had a, he had one of those like three inning long saves. Yeah. So he's yeah. been, uh, he's been really good. Last uh, last three outings, eight innings, uh, no earned runs, four hits, and 12, 11 strikeouts. Pretty solid. Yep. It's just if you need wins or something, it's hard to like hope that he times it out perfectly where he comes in after an opener or you know in the middle of a game if they if they go short with someone like Peralta or something like that. It's hard to hard to time, but if you get it right, he's a, he's a good he's a really he's been a good arm. But it's the right team to do it because yeah. they do it all the time with their pitchers. I mean, there, there's a reason why uh, you know they they've gotten. A lot of mileage off of like Eric Lauer, who's now in the rotation, actually pitching well right now too. Yep. Uh, Brent, uh, I think Brent, Brent Studer has like ten wins or something like 12, that. 12, 12 wins, I geez. believe it is. Uh, at least the last time I checked, it was twelve. It might even be more now. But point point remains. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, it is, they get it is it is still twelve. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since he's gotten one too. But twelve wins. I mean, you can. There's a there's a whole lot of stars that don't have twelve wins. That's for damn sure. Yeah, mid-August is when he got his last win. So what about uh, what about relievers this week? I think the first guy that everybody went to, uh, Tyler Rogers in San Francisco, although he pitched the eighth inning in front of, uh, I think it was Dominic Leone. In of the, course in the, he did. Of course he did, right? And he yeah. came in for the save on Friday night and gave up three runs, and he gave up a three-run homer to someone on the Braves. I forget what it was these days. But uh, it was after Jake Mead. It was Darno. Darno hit it. That's right. Um, yeah, that was I had uh, – I had Rogers and Will Smith that game. They blew saves back to back. It was just a fun, a fun adventure there. Yeah, um, but but Rogers has been really good. Rogers has an ERA under two and seven. He's pitched seventy three innings. He's one of those guys that throws out that goes out there every day. It feels like um, only a seventeen percent strikeout rate, but he doesn't walk anybody, which you know really nice. You gotta you gotta get two or three hits off him to score a run. Isn't not gonna put guys on there for free. Um, I tend to think you know, they'll kind of mix and match him. They think they seem like they don't really want to throw him in the ninth, but they will if they need to. Um, but I, I, if I had to bet on someone to get the most saves the last two weeks, I think it'd be Rogers, but I wouldn't bet a lot on them. The thing about Rogers is, you know, he's got that delivery and, you know, teams are going to want to stack lefties against him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't think it's really played out that way that, that he's, I, if I got to double check on his splits, if I remember earlier this year, he actually had a pretty good reverse split. But I think in previous years he had not. Um, he, he still does. He got a 200, 200 average against against lefties and a, yeah. Uh, 273 OBP, 356 slug. I mean, he's been pretty good. But yeah, I mean, with the with the delivery, I think I still stack lefties against him. If I'm an opposing manager, but this year too, <laughs> it's not. It's it's complete. That's actually it's counterfactual for every of the each of the last three years. This year, 136 against lefties batting average, 
Uh, lefties have a 136 batting average against them. Righties, 301. It's stark. It's not even close. It's pretty wild. When you think about that delivery, you would not think that was the case. It's like when you yeah. watch Serge, when you watch someone like Sergio Romo, it's like all the sliders over and over, like you just can't can't get lefties out. It's just too hard because everything right. breaks right into their power spot. And um, you know, I know that uh, it, maybe uh, I wonder if Rogers has developed that changeup, which you can kind of dive away from lefties a little bit. The pitch that uh, is really effective for a guy with that delivery. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chris Stratton is a guy that's been closing for Pittsburgh. Um, David Bednar went on the IL finally with his injury. Uh, Stratton has thrown a lot of innings too. 73 innings, 3.68 ERA. One of those guys that we talk about, uh, K rate and everything's gone up since they moved to the bullpen. He's like a 26% K rate, this guy, K rate, this percentage this year. Um, he's got the ninth right now. I don't think they're going to, they have no reason to rush Bednar back. Uh, he's available in the league and you, you need saves. I think he's a, he's a good shot to go after. Although who knows how many games Pittsburgh wins down the stretch. There's always that. They get the, they get the reds this week. So it's a good, it's a good chance. <laughs> oh, I kind of teed you up for that one. Didn't I? Yeah, that's okay. Um, speaking of the Reds, uh, Michael Lorenzen, uh, bidding out there at all for you? Interested there at all? He, no, it's just because Gibbons had pitched the two previous nights. Okay. That's why he I, got the save. I saw he uh, got the save, but it's just, I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty much mostly Gibbons. But you know, it's David Bell, so he doesn't commit to any one particular guy, but right. we belabored that point, I think 37 times this season. Probably. Uh, probably, but uh, yeah, I think it's Gibbons first. Occasional Lorenzen. That's about that's about it. Fair enough. Let's get to some uh, get some fab hitters this week. It was uh, it was slim pickings, but first a note from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. The summer is coming to an end, which means only one month until postseason baseball. Only two weeks until postseason baseball. Now, there's no better place than Vivid Seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe even a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for real fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, see your favorite performer, or that new show everyone's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, it's time to experience it live. Jeff, I thought hitters were tough this week. Um, yep. Nico Horner. Nico Horner is back for the Cubs. He came back, I think, today. He was only 33% owned in the NFC, 15-teamers. I was kind of just using that as a gauge. Um, seems like someone who should at least play a bunch down the stretch. Yeah, I think so. Um, if the if the Cubs know what they're doing, they should play him. Yeah, I, I think that's – although you, you almost wonder, given the nature of his injury, they may try to like two, two on, one off, something like that the rest of the way. We'll see. They may give him a couple of days off here and there. But I, I'm intrigued with him. I, if, if he's available, I would be interested in buying and, and bidding on him. He hasn't had a homer since 2019. Okay, man, that's a fine rebuttal. Okay. I just, I just, I just realized that I, I wanted to pick. I think he's a batting average guy. Though. He's a, he's a, he's hit three thirteen this year. He's hit some good average in the past, and uh, I was just surprised he hasn't homered since twenty nineteen. Yeah, neither of you. I'm not bidding on you either, so that's okay. No, I, yeah. although maybe you have in your softball team. I don't know. I, I may not be. Uh, I, have, I know you're a better outfielder than Jeff McNeil, but this is true. This is true. Uh, I'm usually more of a right center kind of line drive hitter, but every once in a while, yeah. if I. Uh, if we're up or down a bunch and I get a little excited, I'll try and hit one out, but uh, not my specialty. Right. Yeah. I like to get on base, you know. I'm a, more of a team guy, Jeff. I'm not, uh, not the selfish player. Uh, sometimes you need to be a little selfish. Yeah, that's true. Um, what about the, in in Miami? Uh, Lewin Diaz is playing a, a bunch of first base uh, for them. This guy that has 20 home runs in AAA this year. Got some pop. Um, he's been uh, – 
He has not been hitting for average so far. Miami been playing every day. Homer today yep. has six home runs and 75, eight plate appearances. It feels like a guy to me that if you need some pop, um, he's going to play every day down the stretch over his final two weeks. Yeah, Aguiar is out, so he's yeah. getting that run of playing time. And Marlins may have to make a decision on Aguiar this offseason, so they, thus they also need to decide on Diaz. Yeah, I mean, I just think that anybody anybody shows some pop and hitting playing every day is kind of I mean, we're, that's what we're looking for right now. He had a two, I think, he had a two homer game on the uh, earlier this week against the Nationals. Then homer today. Um, you know, if you're, we're all about category management these days. If you need home runs, I think that uh, Diaz is a, is, a, is a nice piece to try and uh, hope maybe he hits uh, two or three here down the stretch. Yeah. And guys, we talked about last week. Uh, Lane Thomas is still only fifty five percent owned in the NFC twelve team leagues. Uh, Brad Miller only twelve percent owned. I think those are both guys that uh, are, are very usable. I think we mentioned the Phillies have. Seven or eight games a week. They have a really good schedule. I think yep. they face. Uh, I think they face five righties. If I'm doing the math right, um, I forget exactly how many it is. But I knew that. I knew I looked at it and I thought that uh, I thought Miller was pretty playable. Yeah, they have seven games. They face Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Like that's a a really good setup we talked about earlier. And Lane Thomas, you know, leading off every day for the Nationals. Uh, homer had a three and Homer. He was either Friday night or Saturday night. Um, just guys that are playing every day. I think that's what you're looking for down the stretch. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's. You, you'll be surprised where you can find it. I, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things, too, is just – and, of course, the teams are you know that aren't in it right now, it's harder to stay on top of them. Again, we, we talked about everything that's going on right now, um, and it's it's really hard to stay on top of it. But if you do, there, there, there's some dividends that pay off. Yeah. And some of those teams are kind of mixing and matching and playing a bunch of guys. But you look at the Nationals, and Lane Thomas leads off. Every single day It's just, yeah. just kind of slotted him up at the top of the lineup and they're just kind of go with it. So where you get, you get some, uh, you get some stuff that, uh, that uh, moves around a lot, but you get some guys that just kind of happens. Yeah. Brad Johnson really, really, really wants us to give him, give us some love to Yoshi Sutsugo. So here you go. Sutsugo is going to wreck the reds this week. Uh, <laughs> Cause that's what he did before. Uh, was not in the lineup today. Part of the problem for him is he is not playing every day. It's one of the reasons why he, you know, although I'm looking at his game log and he's playing a lot more than he was earlier. For it seemed like for a while it was one on one off, but he, he got like he does, five out of six. When he does, he hits second or hits cleanup, and that's that, that's nice right there. At least you know you get right behind Cabrian Hayes and you get to get some guys on base, and Brian Reynolds can drive him in. At least he's in the right part of the Pirates lineup, which is there, there aren't many good spots for it. But he, he when he does play, he's right there. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, but it, it does. I mean, the, the point holds about pay attention to these teams. I mean, how many league winners are going to have like Frank Schwindel on their lineup or Patrick oh. Wisdom? Yeah, Patrick Wisdom has twenty six home runs. I, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. The you one see, he hit today was just. Oh, he hit one today. There might be there might be twenty. I think it's twenty seven now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was just an utter shot. Like it went up to the batter's eye and it stayed up there after it landed. I mean, it, it was just it was just crazy how well he hit that. Oh yeah, it's he it, did hit number twenty-seven today. Thirty-year-old yeah. rookie did strike out four times, but then he hit his monster home run. That's only that's only three and a half times more home runs than Christian Yelich has this year. <laughs> oh, no bitterness whatsoever. But pretty wild when you think about it in those terms, right? Christian Yelich still has eight home runs, by the way. Yeah. Eight, Jeff. Eight. 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 Scott. He has four hundred thirty-three plate appearances. It's not like he's played twenty games. He has eight home runs. What, what are you going to do with him next year? I was about to ask you that question, Kyle. I have no idea. Like, it's just, I mean, this is two, two years in a row now. I mean, this is, he was, he was terrible last year. And I, I gave him a pass. You didn't, you were right about that. You were, you, you played in 2020 and uh, you factored in and I didn't, and I was wrong. Um, 
it's not as bad as 2020 with the strikeout rate, but it's definitely way above where he was in the past. I mean, I don't know. You look at all this stuff and he's still hitting the ball hard, but he's hitting hard hit rate, but not a lot of barrels. Eight home runs. I mean, what his fly ball rate has got to be down. He has 24% right now. He's just not hitting the ball in the air and hard to hit home runs. You don't hit fly balls. When he was coming up with the Marlins, that was a, yeah. a, a critique of his, you know, that he hit the ball on the ground too much. He wasn't Hosmer-esque, but uh, he's approaching that category now. Yeah, he had three years with the Marlins. His first three years, he was under 18% fly ball. And then he got up to kind of mid-20s in his big 2019. He was 36%. And it's, now it's gone down. He's 24%. I don't know. I mean, the talent's there. He could figure it out and, and find a way. But I, what does he go? Is he going the fourth round next year in a 15-teamer? Is it even that high? It probably has Not for me, right? it's not. But and someone that, will take him in the top 60, right? I mean, I'm saying not for me. I yeah. will not take him. I don't, I don't think I, it is too high for me is what I'm, I'm implying. Uh, I'll, his, his again, 80, his I'll, re, I'll review be, it. His ADP will be lower than 60, right? I mean, lower, a, a smaller number than 60. Could be. I Could mean, be. Hard to predict uh, group behavior, but you know, I, you know, anybody that had him this year, are you going to double, are you going to double and triple down on him? Uh, I don't, it's going to be really hard for me to click or say his name publicly. I just, it's, it's back to back years now. If it was one year, I could probably do it, but it's been, you're looking at, uh, that's now we're looking at, uh, what is that? That's doing the math real quick. Almost 700 plate appearances. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. And I don't know if I mentioned, but he has eight home runs. How many? <laughs> uh speaking of pick guys to pick up uh keybert rees in washington we talked to him a few weeks ago when he got called up uh starting to come along a little bit he has uh three hits in his last couple or each of his last couple of games um playing a bunch i think if you need a catcher um he was clearly the guy this week he's only 19 percent owned in the nfc 12 he was 65 percent in the main events but um if you need a second catcher i think he's better than most of the second catchers out there right now and he's playing yeah very they, they clearly want to see what they have and they traded for him and um, I think that uh, it just uh, he's one of those. He's just the guy that I think if you have a second catcher, unless you have a really good one, I think he's a, he's a really good bid right now. Yeah. The only thing is like Alex Avila announced that he's going to retire at the end of the year. They might do some sort of like let him play a little bit more in the last two weeks sort of thing. I don't know. Alex Avila didn't retire in 2016. Yeah, exactly. I, I was shocked to see he's still around, by the way. That's he had a couple of good years in there. He was he was fancy viable for a couple of years in there. Yeah. I mean, they have a three-headed monster behind the plate right now. They have Riley Adams, too. And he's young, and they want to see him. Uh, at least you think they would want to see him a little bit more. Uh, they got rid of uh, uh, Trey Barrera. Trez Barrera? I, I haven't watched enough Nationals games lately to, to properly know that pronunciation. Not, not a lot to watch. Once Lane Thomas's bats go by, I tend to switch channels. Juan Soto gets walked. Okay, then we yeah. move on. <laughs> exactly right. You know the walk is coming there. Um Let's see. What, uh, Andy Abanez in Texas uh, got. Uh, he was. I think he was injured. He came back. He's been hitting. It's a guy that uh, we talked about a few weeks ago. Talking about picking him up, and then he got hurt. Uh, but hitting uh, hitting two sixty two sixty one so far. Six home runs in two hundred twenty three playing appearances. Not really anything excited to be about. Uh, I, I, I he's a big batting average guy. Though. The minors he hit three hundred in Triple A in twenty nineteen over a lot of games. Then he hit three forty two in Triple A uh, earlier this year. So I think if you need batting average, don't need uh, and don't need steals. Obviously, maybe a little, a little pop. I think Abanez kind of fits nicely. Yeah, he could a little bit of pop. Just yeah, he isn't going to run at all. And yeah. yeah, the multiple positions are nice. Uh, we talked about schedules earlier. Cleveland has a really good one. Did that make you interested at all in uh, in Bobby Bradley now that he's back playing uh, at least most every day against righties? Sure. Sure. Where he is available and where I had a spot for him. Yeah. 
Why not? I mean, just uh, you, you have to be okay with him hitting a buck 80 because that's definitely in play. But uh, a guy that's shown a ton of pop in the minors, shown a little bit of pop this year, he has 13 home runs. Um, again, we're about category management right now. If you need, if you need pop, I think that uh, Bradley works well considering they play nine games this week. Yeah, they're a weird team. The, the Cleveland is, you know, lose eight nothing on Friday night, and they killed Garrett Cole today. Yeah, nice, nice uh, selling for your uh, your your Cy Young uh, campaign there. Just getting murdered by the by Cleveland there. I think I think Robbie Ray probably won the Cy Young today, right? Could could very well have. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a big, it's a big start against a not very good team, and he just got thrashed. I mean, that was they needed a win today, they needed it badly, and they're I think they're a game and a half behind Toronto now, and that's uh, that was a that was a big spot for him to get bombed. Yeah, absolutely was. Talk about some injuries. You mentioned uh, Jesse Winker back on the IL for his intercostal strain. Oh. Uh, is he done for the rest of the way? I assume. I, I, I'm not optimistic. Yeah, and it, it takes out such a big element in this offense. I even even with his struggles against lefties, he wasn't going to do much against lefties. But you know they killed righties earlier. They're not killing anybody right now. And you take away them, he's such a great on base guy. Really set that lineup well when they could go India, then then go Winker, Castellanos. You know, just right, left, right, left, and yep. bottle right after that. And it just set everything up, set everything up so well. And now they just don't have that. And no one, no one's carrying this Reds team either. But enough Reds therapy. <laughs> uh, Hinjin Rayu will go with some my team therapy. Uh, got smoked and then went on the aisle with a neck strain. Expected to miss one start. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with him because I, I think that uh, if they're in it, he's going to pitch next week. And he kind of lines up for two starts next week. But, God, I don't know if I could throw that. He's at uh, New York and Baltimore next week. He's just been so bad for like about six to eight weeks. It's been, I don't know if I could throw him. I held on to him because I just had a spot there, but uh, I don't know if I could stomach throwing him next week. Tough. You know, it's weird that the team is on fire, but he's not. Yeah. It's funny because it's him and Springer. Springer's been awful in, in like since in September. I think he's at like 135 or one. I mean, he, he's not healthy, so it's hard to blame him. And he's, he's gutted out for them. But um, if you told me that Toronto was this hot and Ryu was getting smoked and Springer was not getting any hits, I would have thought that was crazy. Yeah, and it's a shame because before his latest injury, Springer was actually hitting pretty well. He was having an awesome year. I mean, it's just been it's been off with the IL, but when he's been playing, he's been awesome. And then this last stretch, he's just so banged up. But um, he's, you just can tell he's just he can't drive with his legs at all. So, what do you do with Springer next year? Uh, I draft him. Where? How early? Good question. Because um, you're not going to get any speed out of him. You're not getting speed. The speed, the speed, the speed that never really materialized. He has one double digit season of steals ever. Got uh, caught too many times. Yeah. He just did. You're right. Um, and then Houston kind of shut him down. If I can get Springer in the uh at the oof, middle of the fourth round, I'd be really loving that. That's kind of where he went this year. I kind of th- I thought he felt like he moved up a little bit, but you're probably right. I was thinking he went his third round, but you're probably right. It was probably more fourth. Uh, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit later then. I think that uh, the injuries have to factor in a little bit there. But I think he just needs an off season. Just like he just been, it felt like he never really got healthy this year. Yeah, I can. I need to uh, test my assertion on that. By the way, and good. The good news is it's available. That's one thing I love about the NFBC ADP is, hey, where was he going in the main? That will yeah. tell us. You know, his injury that wasn't so serious. You know, it ended up being really serious. Uh, so, yeah. His ADP in the main event. You are right. Oh no, we're off. He was actually. Oh, I think there was pick sixty three. With yeah, a range but, of 41 to 102. Didn't yeah. he get hurt like the last week? He got hurt training? right last week. So his his price went way down those last those last few drafts. I yeah. think he was 
Um, I think he was more uh, more in the uh, in the late third, early fourth range. But uh, you're right; he did get hurt. I'm trying to look at when I drafted. Uh, this is a late one, so I won't uh, it won't work very well. But yeah, it's uh, that it's it's a little skewed by uh, by the injuries there. Yeah. How about his teammate Kevin Biggio? And I, uh, uh, is he even gonna have a job? I was, but I was trying to figure out. Like I was gonna say, does he have a position that he fills right now? I don't know. I mean, it was, it was an awful year. I, All I the still, doubters can take that victory lap on him. Yeah, even before the I, injury, he was terrible. I, I think he starts in AAA next year. Yeah, boy, did he just boy did his profile just fall through the floor. It really did. Is Bo Bichette a top ten, top six pick next year? I think he might be. I don't know if I'm taking it, but. Um, I think I'm looking at ADP, figuring out the lace I can get him and try and get him. I think the I think the profile is beautiful on the shed. I just I, I think he's just a, a star and just just getting better. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. By the way, so I, I, I was while we were talking, I was looking on Springer. So he had like an ab, you know, abdominal tightness, and that was like on March 9th was the first time he had that. Okay, and then there was like a, a period of like ten days where it's just radio silence. And then, oh, grade two left oblique strain on March 23rd, they re- report. And then, you know, it, feeling better without a timetable. But it, it, it obviously, it, it went from, okay, some some tightness to grade two strain. You're like, they were high. They knew about this all along. They just didn't report. They just didn't tell us. That's the thing that's so frustrating about spring training. For, for sure there. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at his, uh, where he went in my uh, TGFBI league, because that was, um, that was like before all the injury stuff came out, and he mm-hmm. was a early fourth round pick there. Okay, so, so you were, I, you were, you had the price right. I mean, I'm not. I, I got to factor that in a little bit with him. It has to. I think my mid fourth is a little early. I think uh, I think he's probably a uh, an early five guy. Probably he might go there if he's healthy in spring training, but I won't be paying that price. I mean, and hitting the top of that lineup is pretty darn prime time too. It is. It really is. But, but that's a it, lot of that's a lot of lingering eight leg issues that just didn't go away all year long. Right. And I, I mean, all you have to do is look at previous seasons. He missed like nine games last year out of 60. So 15 percent of the season, 122 in 2019, 140, 140. He, he, you know, 140 is not bad, but it's not great either it's still 22 games he's missing you know 2016 he had a full season god we're going back to 2016 that's a long time ago and this year is going to be what 70 if that if he if they as long as he stays in these next couple weeks he got things so maybe 75 but yeah you're right it could be they could shut him down at any point yeah uh, let's see. Uh, Jake McGee, we mentioned when the Iowa with an oblique stream, I dropped him. I just don't think it's worth holding on a closer for maybe, you know, four or five days at the end of the year. Um, Kyle yep. Tucker is a big, a big note. He left yeah. early today with some right shoulder discomfort. And this matters because not only has Tucker been awesome, but the rosters have no reason to push him this week. Correct. You know, quietly Tucker's missed a lot of games this year. Yes. He had a lot of that. Some of that was COVID, but some other stuff was, yeah, you know, he's had other various injuries here and there. Uh, and, of course, discomfort. Like, it seems like this is something that's probably lingered he's been playing through for a while. It's yeah, not, man. you know, when, when it's reported like shoulder discomfort, you're like, okay, well, how long has he been dealing with it? Was there an injury today? I don't know. But then again, 
you look at what he did earlier this week and he was crushing it. So yeah, he, he's a good player. He really is. But I mean, they have a six game lead on the A's. I don't think they're worried about that. They do play four games this weekend against each other. Uh, three. They play A's play four against Seattle and three against Houston. But um, they certainly it's a huge wake for a huge week for our A's. It is for Seattle, three Houston. We'll know it. Uh, we'll know at the end of the week if the last week matters or not. We'll put it that way. They're only two games out of the wild card. Yeah, I mean, that's... they got they got a team in be, in between there, which is tough. But yeah, they're they're st- I mean, they've won five in a row somehow. I don't really know how, but it doesn't feel like it. But they have. But you're right. This week is uh, seven home games. We'll know at the end of this week if they if they have a chance at all. That's a lot of self hate there. I gotta say. I mean, it. Uh, it's been a really frustrating four weeks though. They've yeah. given away, they've given flat out given away like seven or eight games. Yeah, ask Yankees fan, Yankee fans how frustrated they are, though. They're a game oh, and a sure. half out of the wild card and just got crushed two games in a row by Cleveland. And after They're, that hot streak, it looked like they were just gonna cruise in that wild card and kind of put some distance away. And they've done the opposite. And meanwhile, Boston, who yeah. has had like 37,000 players go on the COVID IL, yeah. has won five in a row. They're yeah, they're, they, they're the first wild card right now. Quiet quietly rebounded all but it looked like they were kind of dying, and then they've 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 had a nice little bounce back. Getting Chris yeah. Sale back uh, has been big for them too. Yeah, he, he was he was yeah, he uh, that is huge. Chris Sale, does he go in the second round next year in the main? Yeah, I say uh mid to late second, probably maybe push up a little bit the last couple of drafts. But yeah, a mid second, probably ADP at the end. Are you taking him as one are you one of the people taking him? Probably not. I might. I'm uh I'm I'm kind of open to the possibility. if I'm if I'm drafting there and I'm getting a hitter in the first round. Pitching I'm is going to be fascinating next year because there's a whole bunch of like new names in the mix. Like yeah. Is I mean I, I Corbin Burns is definitely a first rounder. Is Brandon Woodruff like a one like a one two turn kind of guy too? Some people are treating him as such this year. So yes, yeah, I think he definitely definitely moves up a little bit, probably like thirteen to sixteen right in there. Uh, Burns is definitely first round. I mean Degrom is such a huge question mark. I have no idea. I mean, it'll yeah. depend on how he looks in the spring, but like that could be he could be anywhere next year. Who knows? And who knows for Garrett Cole for that matter? I mean. Disaster lurks with him too. Sometimes his overall numbers are are fine; they're great. But it's been agonizing if you have him when he's first, had these disaster uh, starts. First pitcher off the board, probably, but not uh, not counting Otani, obviously, because he'll be drafted as a hitter. But right, I still right. think Cole's probably the number one ADP pitcher next year. Probably so. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think in March I'll feel pretty good about it because I'll look back at his season as a whole rather than kind of looking at these blowups. I mean, the ERA is still 3.03. Still got, uh, what, 200 and, uh, 231 strikeouts. What if Max Scherzer signs a three-year deal with the Dodgers? It's so hard because he's been – I mean, what's he getting? He's 37 straight scoreless innings. He's been so unbelievably good. But he's still what is gonna be 37 next year. I don't know. I don't know how much that factors into whether I'm willing to do it. I mean, I took him in the second round this year, so I was I was fine doing it this year, and I'm glad I did. But yeah, I mean, he's been awesome. Yeah, I, I might be there for that. You throw um, you throw him in a one game playoff over Bueller right now, yes. Barely, but yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're one and one A. I mean, it's crazy that you know, you know, that how important that trade was, not just to the Dodgers. But to him and Diego too, and the Padres. Yes, yep. exactly. The, the big part of that was the Padres because, you know, by, by the time that trade happened, there were no other elite starters available. Nope. The Padres missed their window on that. And they, and they are just dying they, for innings. They, they threw Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta this weekend. Yes, exactly. 
that is as bad as it gets right there. You get what you get and you don't get upset when those yep. two are your starters. And we talk about we talk about Bueller and Scherzer, but I know win loss doesn't matter everything, but Julio Arias is an ERA under three and he's 18 and three this year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's- I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. Too. And now they got Kershaw back who got uh, 20 whiffs today against the Reds. Yeah. It's uh that I mean talk about setting up well for a playoff series. They are they are if they they the problem is they got the, if they don't win the division, they got that are they are they tied with the division now. I think they tied the Giants today. They're, I think they're a game out. I you're right. Say. They're, they're game out, you're right. Um they did gain a game today though, but game out if they're in a one game playoff, it, one of those teams is going to win 103 games and be in the, be in the wild card. Yeah, and they're going to lose to Cardinal Devil Magic, and it's going to be – I guess so- the team has 85 wins. Yeah, and it's just going to drive everyone to help. Interesting week for the Dodgers. They're on the ma- they're on this big road trip. They took two out of three from the Reds. They get tomorrow off, Coors Field, and then Arizona. Uh, you know, I think Charlie Steiner was saying on their uh, broadcast the other day, three time zones for this trip. Now, it's a yeah. lot of miles. Uh, Coors Field is what it is. Urias uh, Bueller Scherzer in Coors Field, so that could <laughs> good luck there. Tony Gonsolin's back in the rotation this week. He got, I mean, he got smoked today too. Yeah, uh, he he, pitched, he did. He pitched, really, he pitched really well. He he started earlier this week through five innings, really efficient, and he got smoked today after Kershaw left. Yeah, I mean, there'll be some people interested in him still, though. You get an Arizona sure. start. Yeah. Um, and then next week it's kind of interesting. They get. Uh, they get San Diego. Yep. It'll be massive for it's 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 huge. It's probably actually huge for the Dodgers too, because really it's so important to win that division. Oh, it's mad. I mean, you do if you want if you just want to avoid that one game playoff no matter what. But yeah. they get Milwaukee on the last weekend, and I don't think Milwaukee's gonna be lining up players and figuring out the rotation. I don't think they're gonna really care about that series that much. Well, because they're locked in as the two seed. Yeah. Just absolutely locked in. So they don't have to play the Dodgers the first round, so they don't really carry either way. But uh, right. I'm sure they I'm sure if you could ask them, they'd prefer the Dodgers play the one game playoff for the chance to knock them out. But you're not going to impact your rotation or your players to do so. No, they're going to set everything up for the playoffs. There, yeah. that's absolutely right. Smart. Um, let's see. We mentioned those uh, Tyler Naquin, kind of a under the radar for your Reds. Unlikely to return this year with his rib injury. He I picked him up a few weeks ago. He's actually, he's actually been really good for me. I've been starting the outfield in the 15 teamer, and he's obviously a drop now. We mentioned the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger has uh, apparently a rib fracture now. That he's going to try and play through. Like talking about lost seasons, I just I don't even like. Do you want him? A, do you want him out there healthy? B, do you want him out there with a rib fracture? I know he wants to play through it, but the Dodgers even want him out there. I don't know. Cody Bellinger got swallowed by a whale. Wants to play through it though. <laughs> right. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised if you read that tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Chris Bassett could be activated to start on Thursday. He certainly sounds like he's kind of ready to go in his mind. I think he's, um, you know, he, he talks, he's talks the game. Well, I don't know how many innings he'd be able to go, but, uh, he's going to try and give it a go for the A's make a couple starts down the stretch here. Um, other than that, a couple other, there's a couple of games I want to ask you about before we get out of here. Um, some players that broke out in 2021, kind of thinking of the prices on 2022. Okay. Uh, but first a note from our sponsor, Yahoo DFS. The new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo's excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of the free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests, including the $1 million baller contest. $1 $1 million baller contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and entry in the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Live Finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. 
play daily daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. So Jeff, we we're talking a little bit about uh, thinking about next year a little bit. I want to ask you about a couple of guys that had big breakouts here, kind of thought thinking where they'll go next year if you're interested in them. First guy I want to talk about, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Shohei Otani. His ADP in the main event uh, this year was 137. Obviously, that's going to skyrocket a little bit. Uh, 44 home runs, 93 runs, 94 RBIs, 23 stolen bases. Does have nine caught stealing. Uh, 123 innings pitched, 3.28 area, 146 strikeouts. Obviously, the NFBC, which we're talking about, you have to declare at the start of the week if he's going to be a hitter for you, a pitcher for you, so you don't get both stats, obviously. Um, insane hard hit rate, 53%, 22% barrel rate. Um, all this is very supported by all his metrics. The K rate is the one thing. It's at the 31%. He has struggled a lot in the second half. How high do you think he's going next year? What is his ADP? Is it a top five? Is it a top 10? What do you think? I think it's top five, and I think it's too soon. I and I don't mean to be a hater, but you no. don't get both. You, ha- you, like, don't get both. You, you just don't. You have to choose every week. And there's gonna be there's gonna be at least one week where you probably choose wrong. Yep. Um, certainly, if you use them as a if you use them as a uh, as, as a excuse me as a uh, pitcher, there's definitely gonna be where you choose wrong. And there's the opportunity I, cost of what he does at the plate. And I think the key for him is like I just don't think we thought he was gonna start this many games as a hitter. I think we thought he would take a couple of days off here, especially around his starts. And he's probably hasn't done that very much. He's played played a ton. Um, the second half worries me a little bit. And when you're talking top five guys, you have to nitpick a little bit. Um, the second yep. half worries me a little bit. The strikeouts worry me a little bit. But, I mean, the dude has been awesome. I just uh, – I don't think I could do a top five either. Yeah. I just I, – I have a hard time doing that. Uh, so, yeah, if it's top ten, back half of the top ten. Like, I'm taking Mookie Betts over Shohei Itani. How about oh, that? Oh, okay. Well, you're you're definitely not getting Otani then. Yeah. Because I think Betts is going to be like an end of the first round guy. Maybe. I bet you he, he he's one of those guys that'll get you know he'll creep up. upward. Yeah. I mean, the 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 pitcher helium is the only reason why he might not be yeah. why he might not creep up. But he should he put it this way he should be someone that goes in the top ten. I think you're still talking about it. he had all sorts of nagging injuries this year. He's still such an amazing player. I, I got to run the numbers again, but I got to think that I'm going to have him if I can get him near the turn. I might. I might KDS near the turn just to just to take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, now you're gonna have to KDS to twelve or thirteen. Or not? We can't. We have to play different leagues. Yeah. And you luck know what? Luck, luck, luck of the draw. No, there. We, I'm we not talking me. Oh. I'm talking about the. You know, first of all, you are the star of this show. All the NFPC <laughs> yeah. listens to hear what Scott says, what Oak says. No. Um, I, I'm just here as the the pun guy, the jester. Uh, no, you don't have to worry about me taking it. But every when you say you're going to do that, now you have to pull yourself up to eleven. But you know what? You like picking in the middle, anyhow. You're not going to. I up. do. I do like picking in the middle. Um, on Otani, what do you do? You think he's been like eighty five percent of the time people use him as a hitter? Is, is that too low? Maybe even higher because I mean he's been so good as a hitter. I feel like everybody's using him as on offense all year because you just don't want to miss the you know the, the three home runs and a steal in the week. I feel like it's probably eighty five to ninety percent of the time has been used as a hitter. I mean, look at how many times he's he's been scratched from a start. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to. But then again, I mean, look how important it is how how important it is to get wins and K's right now too. Yeah, it, he's got it, he's got a three three ERA in in one hundred twenty three innings. I mean, if you timed it well, you know, you could throw him as a starter. But like every time I did that, I had I had had him on one team that I shared with some guys. And every time we were like, oh, we got we can't miss the three home runs and the two stolen bases. You just kind of mm-hmm. always use, always ended up using him in, in the in the utility spot. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, so what about Sal Perez? Sal Perez, we talk about, you talk about people tuning oh. in for me. I missed on Sal Perez fully. I had him as a fade this year. I had the batting average be a problem. I thought the power kind of peaked. Obviously, I missed missed hugely on this one. I just didn't like the price more than anything. He was the second um, catcher off the board after JT Real Muto. Um, 45 home runs, 113 RBIs. He's clearly made me look bad. The hard hit rate's crazy. It's 56% right now. He was a high 30s guy in 2016, 2017, high 40s in 2018, 2020. He didn't play in 2019. He was injured. Um, career high K rate, but it's still 25%, still a number that we can deal with. Uh, the BABIP's only 299. So it's not like he's gotten really lucky there. He, kind of, he had a lot of BABIP luck last year. He, had like three, he was like 375 BABIP. Um, barrel rate's 16%. Like the dude is just mashing. It's, it's, it's a full crazy year how good he's been. It is. It, it, it is, and it's – oh, yeah, he's not going to repeat last year. No, he's going to be way better than last year. Sorry, ADP, ADP was 89 in the main event, so that's uh, the end of the sixth round to the 6-7 turn. I'm guessing we're looking at a 3-4-5 turn, 3-4 turn next year, something like that? Probably sooner. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I would say I have, I have early to mid third. I have a hard time taking a catcher in the early to mid third. Yeah, and I do too. Um, I just think that someone's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's such a massive advantage if you have that position. It's Travis Kelsey-esque. Yes. Uh, For some I'm reason, I thought, th- I thought you said Travis Hafner, and I was like, I don't think of advantage. I think of Travis Hafner, but I realized, Prong, I realized, I realized you went a different sport on me really quickly. Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, every once in a while, I got to do that. But, you know, just such a head and shoulders above the rest of the league yeah. at his position. I mean, you get 45-113 at your catcher when everybody's getting like 200 average with 18 home runs and 55 RBIs. I mean, it's just, you're like you said, it's just, it's massive. Yeah. Maybe it won't last forever, but I think it lasts at least a couple couple of years. And I think I also, I, I, I always think he's way older than he is too. I think he's 31, something like that, which he just, yeah. he, he moves older. He looks older. He's been around a long time. Um, he's been playing since 2011, so he's been around forever. But yeah, he's 31 um, I just always, he's born in 1990. That seems impossible to me. It does. It really does. <laughs> uh, it kind of in the same vein, a guy who stepped up huge, Matt Olson. Uh, hit, we talked about him a bunch. So we talked about the A's, but 36 home runs, 103 RBIs, 278. The biggest weird, biggest change in his profile is the strikeout rate. He was 25% in 2019, 31% in 2020. He was awful last year and he got super mental and was pressing 16% strikeout rate this year. I mean, it's a, and it's in an era when everybody's striking out a lot. He cut his he strike his strikeout rate in half. Um, swinging strike rates dropped to ten percent, so he's kind of that supported it there. Uh, walk rate's still good at twelve percent. He just swings. He's swinging more, swinging more often, getting good pitches to hit. His his zone contact's up eleven percent. Uh, his uh, contact on pitches outside the strike zone is th- up thirteen percent. He's swinging about five percent more of the time. He clearly changed his approach, and it's clearly worked. Um, his ADP was ninety one. I think he's probably uh no speed, so that's going to hurt him, but probably a mid-third round guy next year. You think that's about right? Yeah. I mean, the position's pretty weak. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, obviously Vlad's awesome. Freeman's awesome. Goldschmidt is back to being very good again. By the way, Paul Goldschmidt, appreciation time. 12 and, stolen bases this year. Yeah. 87-90. He's one of the guys fueling this big run for the Cardinals. Yeah, I was going to say, his last, like, two months has been really good. He's really turned it on. Yeah, first base hasn't as hasn't been as dire as people made it out to be, but it's want, still not as want, deep as it used to be either. Do you want Matt 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 Olson or Max Muncy? Um, because they're very very similar. They are. Muncy's had a bad second half too. Um, 
probably Olsen, but it's get close. back to me this one. Check yeah. back with me this winter. It's close though, right? It is. And Abreu, you know, again, is boring and unexciting and is leading the world in RBI again. You know, it's, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's a solid first baseman in that mix. You're right. It really falls off quickly though. Like I'm look, I'm just looking at first baseman here and like, then you're getting into like Votto and Yuri Gurriel and Pete Alonso, obviously for the home runs, but you know, the batting average is not been bad. 260. There aren't a ton of, ton of, you got what you paid for with Alonso. It may not, you may not seem that like you, you did, but you did. You got what your money's worth from him. Ryan Mountcastle has 30 home runs. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. uh, I would have lost that bet. I would have had under on that for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing because it's Baltimore. I mean, they're so so tragic, but it's all the pitching every single year. Yeah, I mean, that place is a a great place to hit, obviously. The other guy that's come on, just and randomly we're talking about first baseman, uh, Josh Bell's been come on. He's been good in the second half. 27 homers, 84 RBI. And he's got 15 in the in 232 plate appearances in the second half, hitting 272. He's uh he started off really slow and has, has been pretty good for them since. Yeah, that's right. I think the cats are ready to go, so I'm just gonna go really quick here. Uh Robbie Ray, we talked about I'm two pitchers, then we get out of here. Robbie Ray, uh main event ADP was 260. Obviously, he's probably gonna win the Cy Young, especially after Garrett Cole start today. 264 ERA. The key with Ray has just been cutting those walks. He's uh, he's been over a 10% walk guy the last four years. He's at 6% this year. Still some hard contact. A lot of strikeouts we always get. Um, a, where does Robbie Ray move up to? Are we talking like a third, fourth round? Like how high? Higher. Higher. Dude, I mean, I, I, I've this has been the Robbie Ray L tour for me for the, like the last three weeks. So I can't really go too much on this. But yeah, I, I was never Robbie Ray. And now I have to be maybe Robbie Ray. And I mean, just he, he's cut down the one thing that made him so terrible was his walks. It was walks plus hard contact, and he had to get rid of one of them, and he got rid of the walks, and it's just it's been another level. Do you think he goes in the second round? I think he does. I mean, well, you know, the thing that might work against him is his own success, is that he's going to throw a ton of innings this year. Uh, he's going to pitch in the playoffs. They go if Toronto makes a goes on a run into the playoffs. Well, first of all, they have to they have to get there, but they get there, they win a series or two. Now you could be talking about a guy that's had a pretty big workload, but uh, and that that often foresee you know foretells you know drop off the next season. So it says that you said I gave you a guy you're taking L on, and take a guy that you're taking a W on is Sandy Alcantara, someone that you talked about in the pro preseason you really liked. Um, he has been he's been huge. His main event ADP was 107, 3.1 ERA, 180 innings. The K's are up nicely. That was kind of the thing with him is like he's getting enough strikeouts. He's at 24%. You look at his swing strike rates at 13.5%. I think another step up in the Ks is very, very possible. Um, he's got a nice uh, a barrel rate of 6%. He avoids hard contact. Um, how high does Alcantara move up? Or are you back in on it at the new elevated price? What if I told you that Sandy Alcantara pitched well today and didn't get a win? Boy, would you believe it? Yeah. Would that be something you're interested in? Uh, yeah. yeah it, it's every time with him. It's just, yeah. what does he have? Like, he has nine, he's nine and 13 with a 3 1 ERA. Like, that's absurd. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It, it's it's absolutely absurd. I, I mean, I don't see. We'll see what the Marlins do this offseason. Uh, I don't see them being a powerhouse, though. I don't see them turning around the, his his luck in terms of run support. You know, funny thing today is he gets one pitcher and one batter in the seventh inning, and that's a short outing for a lot of pitchers. Like, oh, if he could only go six, dude, right. he goes eight, nine, six and a third, seven, seven, eight, seven. He's a machine. And he throws, had two. Freaking, throws freaking gas too. 
Yeah. He's had two horrific starts this year. One against the Dodgers, one is one, one in Coors Field. Uh, and, you know, you can't – obviously, we're not playing best ball. You're not taking out his worst two outings of the year. If you yep. do that, though, just, oh, those numbers. I mean, we're talking sub three. We're talking sub one whip. I don't know. Someone in the chat saying if the, the Marlins get Trevor Story and Nick Castellanos are their favorites in the East, I just can't see them spending that much money, right? Yeah. I mean, they can. They I mean, could. They haven't spent – you know, they've got to have all these reserves now. I don't – I mean, they're going to cry poor because every franchise out there, out there cries poor. But, I mean, they haven't spent money in years. They have money. Um, We'll see if they do it. But, uh, I mean, I think – yeah, you know, We'll see what that ball, whether those guys want to go to that ballpark. I think that's yeah. the other thing. Talk about two players that have benefited from great ballparks. Although, even though the splits aren't there this year, um, they it's Miami's definitely not a place to go to learn to to get you know better ballpark effects. That's for sure. Does Trevor Story get out of the second round? Depends a lot where he signs. Obviously, it does. It really does. I think he. We'll have a patron in every in most drafts. I do too, and you're gonna. Look I might at the be that patron. You look at the end of the year; he's gonna be like twenty five, twenty, and we're gonna talk about the the hard hit rate and barrel rate is still pretty good. I think we'll probably talk ourselves into. It. I don't think he'll be a first rounder again, but I think he'll be a second rounder. I'd agree with that. I mean, the fact that is because he runs, though. I think that that's the one thing that is gonna probably keep his value up a little bit more. You know, hell, Nolan Arenado, he's got the power this year. 32 homers this year, 99 RBI. He's just not hitting for the same average. And we knew that was going to be the big, one of the big drags on his value. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. 32, uh, 32 bombs on the power is not quite the course field there, but it's not really far off either. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think he asks, and same, he asks, does Nolan uh, opt out? No, I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does either. Um, all right. Anybody else that you want to talk about? That was kind of the guys that uh, I had to discuss and fab and all that. I think we kind of hit it all. Is anybody else, anything else on your mind on this uh, penultimate podcast? I think that's the right word for it. It is. Well, I thought, well, are we going to do two more though? Uh, I don't know. The last Sunday is after the season's over. I don't know if we do. And I think that's your call. I would like to do one just to wrap up the season, okay. but, but I think give the public what they want. They want to, even though there'll be no fab to talk about, there'll be, you know, we got to tell everybody how we did. We got to see, celebrate two awesome comebacks by our A's and Reds into the wild card. I got to, I got to break down the Frankie Montas, Robbie Ray wild card matchup for us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Be, so I think uh, we need to do that. God, I can't fathom playing a one game playoff against that Blue Jays lineup. That's scary. Well, that's right. You guys are great in one game playoffs. So it's huge. And what's, what's great is we never, we never, <laughs> Sorry, give up, we never give up runs in the first inning. The game's over after five minutes. So it's perfect. It's always fun to sit back and relax and watch. Yeah. Well, at least you don't get no hit in playoff games like we do. So there's that. Uh, that's true. The crazy thing is two, I guess three years ago when they played the Yankees, Liam Hendricks was the opener in that game. And that's, I remember to kill it. Aaron, Aaron judge had a three run bomb and the game was over, but like, and, and that about, was like a bold choice. That was, was. that was before yeah. he became Liam Hendricks. Yeah. It's so funny to think about it. like, oh, who the hell was that opener they used in that game and why? And then you're like, oh, it's the guy that's the best closer in the world right now. Yeah. Funny how things Josh, come, Josh like Hader might be flash. might be the best closer in the world, but he's a top elite top two closer in the world. Best closer in the American League. How about that? There you go. That's fair. So thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We do appreciate you listening not only now, but all season long. We appreciate the sponsorship from WinBet. Um, being the exclusive po- sponsor of the podcast all year long there too. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. 
we back at you for sure next week, and we'll let you know about the week after that uh, once we figure that out. But hope everybody has a good week. Good luck uh, making a run in your leagues here. you got two weeks left. Make sure that uh, – check all those lineups tomorrow. There's going to be a big week for uh, trying to gain some ground. There'll be a lot of games this week. So good luck with that. We'll back at you next Sunday night. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.